I mean, it's where do you find the new Ryan Coogler? I mean, he just had the most incredible opening of his film, major studio film, and such a singular, incredible vision. And it all, I mean, 10 years ago, Ryan had, you know, a first film at Sundance, Fruitvale. I mean, that's what Sundance does, is to really give voice to these incredible artists. And some of them will go to make big Marvel films and some of them will continue to work in a smaller scale and continuing to do the kinds of original personal films that they're known for. But there's space for everyone and, and that, that's what's important. It's keeping that ecosystem to keep vibrant new voices coming up. That's how success happens. From Entrepreneur Magazine, my name is Robert Tuckman. I self-funded, built up, and eventually sold two businesses to major players in the sports and entertainment industry. And I am fascinated by other entrepreneurial minds and what drives high-achieving people. So on this podcast, we're going to learn what they've learned and what it takes to really succeed. Joanna Vicente is the CEO of the Sundance Institute, a nonprofit organization dedicated to promoting independent film and media artists. It is famous for running the most iconic film festival of them all, Sundance. Joanna was previously executive director and co-head of the Toronto International Film Festival, another of the most well-known festivals in the world. She's also a creative, having produced over 40 feature films, which have received awards from many of the largest film festivals in the world. She also co-founded HDNet Films, which produced Academy Award-nominated and one of my favorites, Enron, the smartest guys in the room. I started out by asking Joanna about growing up in Portugal and if there were influences that got her interested in film at a young age. So I was born in Macau, China at, at, at the time was a was a Portuguese Portuguese colony and uh, and I lived a little bit all over in Madeira, uh, Mozambique. But Lisbon was was the base uh, was really where where I grew up. But uh, we we traveled a lot as a family. Uh, my parents were both architects, and my father loved film. He loved kind of new wave uh, French cinema and uh, Italian. Uh, neorealists and um, Visconti, Fellini, you know, uh, all all of those incredible filmmakers, Antonioni, anyway. So, so I always lived with films being talked about and we would all go see a film at least uh, once, if not twice a week. So there was always part of me growing up. And I loved musicals. I was totally passionate. So whenever there was like a festival of just you know, Hollywood, old musicals, I would always be there. So that was, that was my passion. And I didn't think I, I could pursue a career in film. So somehow I, I don't even know if there was a film school in Portugal at the time. So I, I, I studied philosophy and, and, and political science and was always passionate about, you know, just doing something that would have an impact uh, in the world. So, so when I realized that I could actually work in film, I, I did a job when I, was, when I was in school. I, you know, like during the summer was a, an assistant to a producer and, and really got so fascinated by everything that went into making a film 
and how in in small ways you could you could have an impact by bringing you know new perspectives on, on things and so then I, I first worked in in politics I worked for this incredible woman who was a prime minister of Portugal and when I worked with her she was a, a delegate to the European Parliament and then uh, came to the U.S. worked as a radio producer at the UN but. Really, like film was, you know, just starting to 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 be a bigger thing in my life. And then my husband and I started producing short films and public service announcements, and then uh, started producing more short films uh, from other directors and bringing the shorts to Sundance. And then, kind of like organically, I moved from other passions to really focus on film. So how did you start getting right to it when you look at it, you know, just coming here to the United States and and with your husband just started producing these shorts, these films? Did you have any training or background, you know, aside from the roles you did as a PA or other types of things, film school or or did you just jump in? So I, I didn't go to film school. I, I did take like a, an intensive two months film production course at, at NYU where we, we, we did like five shorts uh, in a two months period. My my husband was equally, he's American, but he was really passionate about film. And when I met him, he was a, an assistant director. So we were both just, you know, passionate. We started doing a, a documentary and, and, and writing films and producing each other's films and then producing others and um, just learned as we went uh, along and, and played different roles, you know, with very small crews, not a lot of money. So you do a little bit of everything. And, uh, and that, that's, uh, that's how it started. It's amazing. You know, I want to talk about your position now at Sundance, probably, I would say, the most famous film festival and the Sundance Institute and just everything about Sundance that's known around the world. But initially, before you came over, you were at the Toronto Film Festival. And what was that experience like and what made you decide to move to take the position at Sundance? So I had gone to Toronto just uh, late 2018. And uh, I had before that, I I, I was at IFP, uh, which is now Gotham Institute. And I was excited to, to go to Toronto because I'm always excited about a new adventure. And, uh, but it also was, was uh, a focus that I hadn't, I, I mean, I had not worked at a film festival before. I had been a, at IFP and IFP Gotham and doing all these programs uh, to support artists and connect them to resources. And we did the Gotham Awards, but I didn't really have that experience. And I felt like that was kind of the, the thing that I was missing. It was uh, this platform to now that we've, that I've worked with artists, getting the, the projects made and helping them make the projects to really understand how you, bu- you best serve the artist by giving them their platform. And then how you're thinking about the audience, how you're connecting these artists to the audience, how you building audiences 
for independent films. And also, I love the idea of doing that on a more global uh, stage uh, because, you know, Toronto is an international film festival bringing films from all over the world. And at the same time, it also has a, a building with six film theaters that, that run year-round. So it was kind of a, an interesting change of focus was like audience was at the heart of everything that, uh, that TIFF did. And um, it was a fantastic learning experience and uh, was wonderful to, to live in Toronto, to work with a team that I didn't know before, just create the, the build trust, create the relationships in Toronto and also lean into some of the international relationships I have with the industry. But when the opportunity for Sundance came about, it was, it was like coming home in every sense of the world, coming back to the U.S. after, you know, two years of, uh, of the pandemic and the borders being closed and, 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 and being up there. But it was also coming back to the place that was the most important organization in my professional life. I produced many films that were uh, developed at uh, Sundance Institute Filmmaker Labs. I worked with four or five filmmakers who had gone through those programs. So I had benefited from that. And then I had so many films at the festival. And, and even when I didn't have a film, like coming in to find new talent, to see new films, to see what the new trends and what the conversation was going to be about that year. It was always so incredible. It was like the most important like event of the year was, was Sundance. So when the opportunity came about, as, as hard as it was to, to leave TIFF and, and to leave uh, my, my, my team there, I felt that uh, that we were, we kind of had turned the corner uh, of the challenges of the pandemic, that I was leaving the organization in solid ground. I left after uh, last year's festival and just the mission of Sundance. I mean, it, it's so different. I was just saying that TIFF is about audiences and Sundance is all about the artists. Like the artists are at the heart of what we do. They're our North Star. And that just, that has been my my life has <laughs> been dedicated to supporting artists. How did the opportunity come up? So I was uh, in, invited to to apply, and uh, I had conversations with the search committee, and uh, I think we we were. I mean, I was excited to to talk to them to understand where the organization was, and and to talk about you know, what my vision would be coming in. I think every organization, every festival is at a pivotal moment. Everything has changed around us. So how do we take those learnings and how do we envision uh, what a future festival is, how we best support artists. So I was, I was excited about that. And, and um, here I am. <laughs> when you got the news that you were selected what was that feeling like? I was absolutely thrilled. And, you know, at first I was like, okay, so now what do I, do I start thinking about what the pros and cons are? Am I going to progress this decision of leaving Toronto? And it was just like, it was almost like I didn't need it. The decision had I knew what the right decision was. I just knew it was the right thing for me and what an incredible privilege 
And, uh, you know, and I just, the one thing I, I made sure was that one, you know, we, we needed to get through festival at TIFF, make sure that there was a, a successful festival and that, that I was leaving the organization in, in good shape and, uh, and, and in solid ground. And we had worked really hard to get, uh, some, um, support from the government uh, because you know major events or major festivals were so disrupted by the pandemic and we were able to get some major funding from um from the government of Canada so i felt like i'm not leaving the organization in you know probably if it had been in the middle of the pandemic i i don't know what i would have done because i was so invested in 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 you know when you're running an organization it's your life you're you're invested in the organization you're invested in the people and you just want to make sure that people can take it and everyone is replaceable but you you want to make sure that you you leave something in solid ground and i i definitely felt that uh yeah that by last year you know around now when i left that 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 things were okay we had turned the corner <laughs> more from our guest But first, a word from our sponsors. Whether you need digital tools so you can bank on the go, or you need a one-on-one with an experienced business banker, with PNC Bank, you got it. PNC's business banking team is built entirely around the way you like to do business. Innovative mobile tools that let you manage your cash flow, monitor your payments, and more around the clock. Give you the flexibility that every business owner needs. And PNC combines those digital tools with a team of business bankers who are ready to sit down and talk about the unique needs of your business and help you develop personalized strategies to move your business forward. Learn how PNC Bank can make a difference for you and your business at pnc.com slash bank your way. PNC Bank, National Association member, FDIC. And we're back. That's uh, admirable in terms of, you know, wanting to make sure and, and, Toronto Film Fest, you know, I only know this from having worked at CAA for a bunch of years, but that's also a major festival. You know, some people not realize people, some of our listeners, everyone's heard of Sundance, but Toronto itself is is actually one of the the biggest, I guess, and 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 known within the industry as well. But everyone, of course, knows the Sundance Institute. They know the Sundance Film Festival. You don't even have to be in film in this country uh, and people know about the Sundance Film Festival. So when you laid out your vision to this search committee and thoughts of taking this forward, especially after, like you said, a pandemic, what were some of those ideas? What were your thoughts and, 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 and where to go with the uh, Sundance uh, Institute and Festival? Uh, I, I mean, I think after a very successful leadership transition in that we, Sundance was very stable and a leader for 10 years, a lot was accomplished. The organization did very, very well. And with the pandemic, I mean, the the organization was forced to innovate, to embrace the digital platform for the festival. We saw how successful there was. I mean, having two films this year, winning the Oscars, Coda and Summer of Soul. I mean, so so Sundance, even in the digital world, was able to to put these films out. And and these films 
not only found an audience, but they were part of the conversation and they got the most coveted award. Not that anything that we do is about that, but but it's pretty amazing to to see the impact that these films had and that the festival and the institute has had by showcasing them. But um I mean, it's. I, I mean, sometimes I think there's the tendency of like, let's just go back to what it was. And I was excited about embracing the opportunities that this challenge have created for us. I mean, we 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 did by necessity the first year digital. The second year with Omicron, I was forced. Was like my first big decision coming in was to pivot and 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 go back to a digital platform because. We just uh, knowing that the peak of the the surge was going to be during the first weekend of the festival, knowing that we were going to be putting our staff at risk, that the hospitals were already filled. Like it, it had to be, you know, it was a very tough decision, but it had to be made. And digital has served us very well. It's not perfect by itself. We need to have an in-person festival. That's what festivals are about are about this immersive experience, bringing the community together, everyone seeing a film at the same time in the dark, being immersed, enjoying the magic uh, that happens when when people are together, uh, experiencing something. All of the the conversations that happen, the people that you meet, I mean, it's so special that we want to bring that back, but we also want to, keep the digital experience because it afforded us an opportunity to reach audiences that otherwise uh, would not be able to come to Sundance, would not be able to afford Sundance. And that is exciting because it's also about continuing to cultivate audiences for the kinds of films that that we support and, and put, they put a spotlight on. So I was excited about understanding what kind of hybrid model we can we can develop and we're still learning we, we're evolving we're taking everything not this is not the answer forever but it's we're continuing to experiment so this year we're going to go in person first and then digital second like the second week so it also will give uh, time for films to to breathe to create a bit of a buzz but by the time we get to the digital hopefully people have heard about the films are curious, want to be part of the conversation. We're also excited that we're going to lean in a little bit into Salt Lake and have more screenings in Salt Lake and, again, reach more audiences, younger, more diverse, that, again, might might not be as able to to come to Park City. And, and, and you know, it, it's, it's a small town with, the, you know, a limited amount of hotel rooms and whatnot. So we just keep this, this opportunity to grow. But it's also, I think there's always when there are big challenges, there are also great opportunities. Uh, I think the, I mean, the, the, the Sundance Film Festival is such an incredible uh, place for discovery of talent. And we do it on a global basis, I mean, we have incredible international filmmakers that uh, that we have launched and discovered at Sundance. And I'm very interested in also just bringing that more global perspective and, and making people really be as curious about international film as they are about uh, U.S. films. I think, you know, what also we've learned these past two years is that people are much more open to, you know, you see with the 
with series where people are seeing uh, series with subtitles from Squid Game yeah. to others. So, so I think it's an interesting moment. I think people know that we're living in a in a much more global, interconnected world, and uh, and these these international stories can resonate as much or more than 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 some more local stories. So I think just having that global lens was something that I was very excited about bringing to the organization. I mean, that we've always been doing that, but it's just like prioritizing that part of things. And I think nowadays, in terms of what we've all been through as a global community with the pandemic and understanding that and seeing and coming together it is an opportune time, I think, for, for what you want to do. And I love the fact of opening it up into Salt Lake City because I certainly remember trying to rent a home or get a hotel room in Park City during Sundance. is very difficult, very expensive. But I love how your vision is to open it up, to make it more diverse, to, to allow you know, more people to experience this both live in that immersive experience and also the digital experience, which, which sounds great. And, you know, I'm just wondering in terms of challenges that you feel that you foresee, what are some of those challenges now that kind of, I don't know if they keep you up at night, but in terms of the challenges you see and where you really want to take those. I mean, obviously, there's the the financial challenges. Every every organization, I mean, has faced you know really big financial challenge. We our work has been disrupted. Our our revenue models have been disrupted. And uh, for a little bit, we we had some support from government, but it is hard. We're still not back to where we used to. So we're still, you know, really prioritizing how we allocate our resources and and trying to get to a place where we can build a bit more capacity and we can invest in in the programs that deserve to be invested in. So that's definitely one of the challenges. And then, I mean, everything is is changing uh, around us. Some, you know, small distribution companies are struggling, uh, a lot of art house theaters around the country are struggling. One way, like we maybe there are not enough films to be out there because of you know the the challenges uh, with the with the pipeline and and uh, due to COVID. But on, on the other hand, I mean the films that are out there are also not performing the way that that people expected to. Audiences have changed their behaviors. I mean people are less likely to go out and maybe to take risks on the films that they're going to see. So. So it's like, how do you take it all in and continue to kind of be this place of launching new careers? I mean, incredible talent that again and again, Sundance has, has such a track record of, of, of launching. How do we continue to, to make sure that we have a vibrant, diverse ecosystem, that it's not just, you know, a few companies that are doing all of the the content. And we are a big piece of that ecosystem. So how we work with all of the different stakeholders, how do we both first and foremost support the artists and, and their stories, but at the same time can help 
on the needs for the industry and and on the needs to continue to to cultivate uh, audiences that want to go out in theaters that are wanting to to discovering and, and new stories and take risks. I mean, that's what makes independent film special is that it's not mainstream. It's not formulaic. It takes risks. It, it puts you a little bit out of sometimes out of balance, but it's that's where growth happens. And I, I love that. You know, you, you said, and it's funny right now, uh, I'm sitting above uh, in a building above the former Lincoln Plaza cinemas here in New York City, which closed down maybe now five years ago, which is an art house cinema. And I would love going to see the movies that they showed there. And you don't even living in New York City here, it's so hard to be able to find that. So it's so great that from these festivals, whether it's documentaries, which I love, or or, or other types of movies that you're able to showcase those. Because I'm curious what you think, but also with just the way television has expanded with Netflix and the quality of productions and shows, I would imagine that also makes it difficult for people to jump back into film, at least a certain type of person, as much as as exciting film is, like you said, with the lights go down and the shared experience. But have you found that TV, that that's one of the reasons maybe that it's been a little bit harder? I mean, for sure. And I mean, and, and there's very exciting storytelling that, that, that has been produced by, by streamers and, and television and artists are, you know, working and, and, you know, and moving fluidly between, you know, serialized and traditional films. But it's where do you find the new Ryan Coogler? I mean, he just had the most incredible opening of his film major studio film and 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 such a singular incredible vision and it all i mean 10 years ago ryan had you know a first film at sundance fruitvale i mean that's what sundance does it, it is to really give voice to to these incredible artists and some of them will go to to make big uh, marvel films and some of them will continue to work in a smaller scale and continuing to do the kinds of original personal films that they're known for but there's space for everyone and and that that's what's important it's keeping that ecosystem to to keep vibrant new voices coming up and uh, and documentaries i mean it's amazing the 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 kinds of documentaries that there and the quality that are available but at the same time they tend to be you know prime celebrity related i mean there, there's you can find some themes in how the documentaries that are being made what about all of other incredible stories that that, you know, kind of change our perspective on how we see things or make us aware of, of issues that uh, that maybe we weren't aware before. I mean, that that's why it's so important to provide this platform, because as amazing as it is, everything that, you know, the, the mainstream the studios and streamers do. I mean, our role is to continue to, to find those artists that, that didn't have a voice before, that are just helping us see things a bit differently. Yeah. 
Tell me, you know, just, I want to ask you before I let you go, how does it feel? You know, you were someone who always knew Sundance and, and, you know, submitted films to Sundance, right. Over all these years. And how does it feel now? It's got to be so interesting from just wanting to be there to have a film in Sundance. And now you're the CEO who, you know, plays a part in that, that's got to be a weird, tell me, what's that experience feel like? Well, it's incredible. It's an incredible privilege to be in front of such a beloved organization. It's an incredible responsibility because you, you owe it to, to, to the artists. And it's, I have an incredible team. I I'm humbled every day just by seeing the passion and wisdom and expertise and, uh, and this year, because I, I've been playing this interim uh, role as the director of the festival, because we were just hiring a uh, director of the festival, Eugene Hernandez, who just joined, but really will only be focusing on the 24th festival, not this 23 festival. I've had the incredible privilege to work with the programming team in the programming of the festival. And they're exceptional curators. Uh, and it's been just incredible to see the, the process, how thoughtful, how much care, the intelligence, the, the taste, and what it takes to, to look at a pool of thousands and thousands of films and choose a slate of 100 films. It's very small, you know, out of this incredible pool of submissions and finding the films that are going to really resonate with audiences that are going to, you know, some be uh, more provocative, that are going to challenge, that are going to expand how people see things in the world. I mean, this, it's just been incredibly exciting and understanding that it's, it's, it's so hard to, to, to get into Sundance because if you take a hundred films and they're both U.S. and international and documentary and narrative. So you're really looking at 2025 U.S. narrative films or U.S. Uh, documentary. I mean, it's a very, very small number, the whatever, four or 5,000 uh, submission, which shorts it's even worse. Oh my it's gosh. like over 10,000 for like, you know, 50 or, or 60 spots. But it's, you're also curating uh, a slate. So you have to have uh, different components, different kinds of films and, and genres that, that make the, the all experience uh, exciting. Well, we can probably do an entire episode that would be super interesting on the selection process and how you do that and the thousands and thousands of entries you get. I mean, that's got to be pretty incredible, but I'll leave you with this last question. What has been your proudest moment so far at Sundance? I probably would say, I mean, having come, I mean, I came in, it, it was a tough time. I mean, you know, it's, it's never easy. You know, leadership transition is not the easiest thing. You come in at a moment of incredible disruption. Then you have the surge of Omicron. You have to pivot the, the festival to the digital platform. 
And we all like we we we're inspired by artists and how their work resonates with audience. That's what feeds us. That's what gives us the energy to do what we do. And all of a sudden, you're 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 not in there. Uh, you're not in the room when the filmmakers are experiencing the first time they're showing their films to audience. So that's tough. And I, yeah. I, I'm sure you've talked to many people uh, that that also talk about just how challenging the pandemic has been. It's people feel overwhelmed and overworked and isolated. So, you know, so kind of like bringing people along to a better place after that pivot, dealing with 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 the financial challenges and kind of being a little bit on, we, we still have a lot of challenge, but being on the other side of it uh, with people motivated and invested in, in bringing this festival to life and all of the incredible programs uh, the Institute does year round. Only this summer, we were able to go back in person and have artists back uh, in person so yeah I feel like looking back I started literally a year ago it feels that uh, that it's been already quite a journey and I'm just extremely proud of my team and how everyone has has rallied to to get through and now uh, everyone just uh, it takes it takes a village and while the festival it's where seems to shine the brightest I, I mean the engine is all of the work year round that that uh, that we do without us well i'm sure it's going to be an incredible festival this year and it sounds like just to have it back and people are ready and excited and i love how you're combining you know the hybrid model to reach more people so really best of luck thank you so much for coming on how success happens and we wish you you know all positive vibes going uh for this year and and hopefully you'll probably have another academy award winner as well i'm sure so thank you so much joanna thanks so much robert my pleasure and that's our episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to How Success Happens wherever you get your podcasts. We come out with a new episode every Wednesday morning, and you don't want to miss it. And if you like to share, please feel free to pass along the show to an entrepreneur friend who could use a boost, and I could always use the subscribers. And do you have ideas for guests? I always love to hear about great entrepreneurs. If you know anyone, shoot me an email at hsh at entrepreneur.com or on Twitter at Robert Tuckman, that's R-O-B-E-R-T-T-U-C-H-M-A-N, or even send me a message on LinkedIn. How Success Happens is a production of Entrepreneur Media. Be sure to visit entrepreneur.com for insight on building your business, or even better yet, subscribe to our magazine. No joke, I found my first job after reading about a company in Entrepreneur Magazine back in the 1990s. It's always been my absolute favorite magazine for entrepreneurs. Thanks for listening and spending some time with me today. Until next time, my name is Robert Tuckman, just a fellow entrepreneur and your host. See you soon.